It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. YouTube TV almost lost a customer before working things out with Disney to bring ABC, ESPN, and other channels back to the platform. Many security analysts are saying that the Log4j exploit that has been dominating tech news for the last week may be the biggest cybersecurity vulnerability ever. If it's not the biggest, it's definitely up there. If you're the designated tech support specialist for your extended family, we've got a list of tech tasks you probably should complete when you see your kinfolk over the holidays. And although Christmas is just a few days away, we've got some last-minute tech stocking stuffers that you still may have time to get. We've got all this and more in episode 15 of The Tech John. From Columbus, Ohio, I'm your host, Rob Dunwood. And out of Atlanta, this is Terrence Gaines, a.k.a. Brother Tech, a.k.a. Uh, YouTube TV, almost lost a customer. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you heard or uh, saw what was going down, but over the past uh, couple of days, maybe a week, uh, well, to back up, I am a YouTube uh, TV subscriber. Uh, I kick, uh, cut the cord a couple years ago. And just use, you know, Xfinity for Internet and for my streaming TV. Of course, I've got Netflix and HBO Max and, of course, Amazon Prime since I'm a Prime member. But my family really likes to channel surf. Mm -hmm. So uh, we chose YouTube TV as our streaming television that gives us local networks, that gives us regular cable TV, you know, like MTV, BET, you know, all those channels that, you know, you come familiar with uh, cable television. And then we use, of course, Netflix and YouTube, um, Apple TV and all those other ones for like specific movies, specific shows, things of that nature. Uh, well, I say over the past week, we've been getting messages talking about um, YouTube will lose all the Disney properties. So this is ABC. This is ESPN. And then all the stuff comes with ESPN and Disney Channel and all the stuff that comes along with Disney Channel. Not Disney Plus, that's a different subscription, right. but like Disney channels and Disney properties. So all those were in jeopardy of going away. And I've seen these commercials before, but with other stuff, like they'll say, um, you know, Viacom or something like that. And it has like a group of channels or whatever. You really pay them no mind because, you know, in my head, OK, that's just a scare tactic trying to get whatever agreement they're trying to whatever contract they're trying to write with these pro um, uh, property owners for these television and movie shows. You know, they're just a scare tactic. Right. So I ain't pay no mind. So fast forward to this week, they were doing the OK, well, YouTube TV May you lose all the Disney properties. So it's mm -hmm. Disney, ESPN, Disney, yada, yada, yada. Didn't pay no mind. I was actually watching. Was I watching? Yeah, I was watching ESPN Saturday night. And at 1159, <laughs> the channel went away, like mad disappeared. Yeah. Uh, so now, I didn't think nothing of it. I was like, oh, something's wrong with the TV. It's time for my bedtime anyway. So now, did you TV. get the old school uh, color yeah, stripes right. in the bar with the bee? You know, <laughs> no, like like, at, like at 2 a.m.? Like back so just, yeah. <laughs> now, now, for those, you know, old enough to remember, TV used to go off. Um, this was almost like a uh, your subscription does not have access to this channel type error message. Uh, again, like I said, I didn't think too much about it. Didn't put two and two together. Uh, just went to bed. Fr no, it was Friday night. Saturday night, woke up, uh, didn't have any Disney, didn't have any ABC, didn't have any ESPN. Um, and I was like, oh, they must not have been playing. So obviously, I don't know all the details because I didn't bother to look it up. Uh, but I guess YouTube TV had some issues with Disney and they couldn't come to an agreement. 
So uh, either Disney pulled the plug or YouTube TV cut off the cut off the service. Um, that's a big deal to me because me and my wife watch ABC every morning before getting ready to go to work. And we watch nightly news on ABC. Of course, I watch ESPN and I've got a four year old in the house. So we 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 watch Disney, not just Disney Plus, where I can get all the movies, but actual the Disney Channel on a regular basis. So mm-hmm. all day Saturday, I was doing the research like, all right, I can't live without these channels. So what else is out there? So I was doing the math. I had me a little I've got a white. Um, uh, what do you call the thing? The, the uh, whiteboard, white, whiteboard. Yeah. Whiteboard behind my dry desk. Erase. Yeah. 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 With the dry erase board. So I'm doing the math. I'm like, all right. Disney, YouTube cost this much sling and this and that because I'm trying to really, really do the math. So, but, but before I could get down to actually making a decision and I was about to switch off the Hulu live TV and get that package bundle where you get the Hulu and you get the Disney and you get mm-hmm. the ESPN plus before I mean, right as I was about to start uh, signing up and putting email addresses and credit card numbers in uh, switch back on. I got the email Saying oh they they came to an agreement now you've got all the the uh, the, the Disney properties and they're going to give us a credit of like fifteen bucks because the difference between having the Disney properties and not having Disney properties was like fifteen dollars so yeah. uh, they're going to keep the price down for at least a month and they return the channels so uh, like I said I was almost about to switch uh, but they the last minute came through Th- this is the danger for these. Um, over the internet streamers, for lack of a better word, because it is so easy to change up. You know, back in the day, like, you know, way, way back in the day, like, I don't know, two years ago, three years ago, before we started cutting the cord, uh, we, when I, when I say we, I mean me and you, because some people have been doing it for darn near a decade or more. But, uh, you know, the issue was, well, if you, you, you got to have a guy come out or a gal come out and they got to unhook the old stuff and rehook the, the new stuff up, or you got to, you know, you got to do it yourself and you got to take the, you know, the equipment to the service center. It was a hassle. The hassle now is like, oh, I can just sign this other thing up and see, here's the thing. If you would have signed up Hulu, you would have got like a free trial. So it wouldn't even, you wouldn't even come off of any money up front. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, I can just go try this. And all it takes is for you to enter in a username and a password and a credit card number, and you are good to go almost. You, you probably could have it set up within five minutes. It's, it's yep. that quick and that easy. So, yeah, what's different about this time is that these uh, these companies are battling like this all the time. They, they don't have, you know, multiple decade long contracts like they probably don't multiple decades, probably not ever been a thing, but they don't have, you know, three, four, five year contracts like they used to back in the day because things change so fast. Nobody wants to be locked in. Um, you know, YouTube TV doesn't want to be locked in for three years when they don't know what subscriptions rates are going to look like in three years. And definitely Disney doesn't want to, doesn't want to be locked in for three years when they don't know what it's going to look like. You know, they may be so popular. They may, you know, want a little bit more coming up off the top. So it used to be that they would just, they'd be going through this. You would get them saying emails and like you did, yeah, I get them, but you don't pay attention to it. You're always going to get it resolved on like the day or two before it actually happens. It's like, nah, this time they actually cut your stuff off right fast. And it's like, that was something different. And Disney right now, they have all the cards because they're kind of, I mean, they, they are growing like crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and their content is hot. So they, they know that, all right, you're going you're to take these chances uh, of like with you, you got the kid, you know, that uh, is into his Disney channels. And then you have Monday night football coming up tonight. Can you, can you imagine all the folks? I mean, we're into the holidays now. People are off work. You know, mm-hmm. they have made plans to watch the game that is actually going on right now. As we're recording, the Browns playing uh, the Raiders. They made plans to watch that. They made plans to watch the late game. And if you can't do that, that's enough to make you switch. Because yep. I know me, if I was trying to watch the game, I can go over to Hulu. Why well, I use Hulu, but if I was, you know, you know, if I was on YouTube. I would sign up Hulu for no reason other than to just watch the game. And then if y'all don't get your stuff figured out, eh, I'm just going to cancel. Right. So, and so, um, I almost thought about switching anyway. Um, I am a sports enthusiast. I'm not a sports fan. Uh, definitely not a sports fanatic. Mm -hmm. Um, so, but you know, whatever's on regular TV, 
is whatever I watch, right? So like you mentioned, um, I watch ESPN for the news and they carry a nice chunk of show or a nice uh, uh, chunk of sports, including basketball. So I'm trying to watch basketball a little bit more. So all the Christmas games, I think are on ESPN. That was going to be like, for real, let me switch over anyway. And like uh, back what I was going to say, I was almost going to switch over anyway to Hulu because they've got that Hulu live TV plus Disney plus ESPN plus. And if I did the math correctly, that was going to be the same cost of me going with YouTube TV for my streaming and then just doing Disney plus. But even though it's almost the same, I'm trying to get out of, well, let me just pick it. Cause I get more. Cause technically you get ESPN plus, but I really don't watch sports like that. Right. So I'm not into the heavy, heavy, um, documentaries and all the behind the scenes and all the extra stuff. Now I did, uh, you know, when the, when the Jordan, uh, when the bulls, um, documentary came up, I figured out how to watch that. Maybe I signed up for ESPN plus for like a month or two, but that's going back to what you said. It's so easy. If you want to, if you, if you really want to watch something, you sign up for the free trial or you sign up for a month or you sign up for three months. If you don't like it, you just cut it off. No, calling anybody, canceling anything, no breaking no contract, no dropping off equipment, you know, and that's one of the benefits to why I cut the cord in the first place, because one, I didn't like the contracts. And two, I was trying to do the minimal thing, go minimalist. And all I wanted on my television, on my wall or on my entertainment stack, which is a TV and a sound bar. I didn't want all these extra cables and all that extra stuff anyway, you know, so not having the extra box. And I want to use my own equipment. So I've got my own router, my own gateway. You know, I didn't want to lease lease the um, cable company stuff is how they jack up the price anyway. So um, I don't I can't remember if I talked about this on last week's show or not. But that, but that, that tell you about the new hotness that is sitting about nine feet from me. That way you can't see me pointing, but I'm pointing that way. I just got an 85 inch 8K TV. Oh, I don't 8K. know. I can't. Remember, okay. I don't remember if I mentioned it or not. But uh, let me tell you how I picked this joint up. So here in Columbus, uh, you've got the big airport, which is John Glenn. That's where everybody flies out of. And then you have like what they call they refer to it commonly here as the freight airport, which is called Rickenbacker Airport. And that's where like UPS and FedEx and all of those planes come in and unload. And it's just you know an airport in the middle of like a industrial, uh, you know, a warehouse area. It's just warehouse after warehouse after warehouse. Long story short, they have a uh, area over here, this giant warehouse where they do unclaimed freight and they auction this stuff off. Oh, wow. So, um, you know, after I finished uh, my base, I just finished my basement over the summer, right before we started the show. And I was telling my boy, at some point when these prices, you know, you get these holiday sales on these prices, I'm going to get a TV. And he's like, nah, don't, don't go to Best Buy. Don't go, don't get it online. Um, I got a spot. Uh, we'll get you hooked up. So long, like I said, I'm t- telling the story. I'm trying to make it short, but it's, it's going to be long. Um, <laughs> this warehouse is like two lows and it's, it's not a store. It is a warehouse. It is basically nothing but box after box after box that is uh, stacked up on the floor and tow motors and uh, pallets, you know, you know, pallet skids moving around. That, that's all that it is. So I, I ended up getting this uh, TV off of, uh, um, you know, um, off of this auction. I paid a ridiculously low price for it. The TV cost me $1,150. Okay. That TV brand new right now on the shelf in Best Buy is like $43.99. So So, you have to have a membership or how do you get access to it? You got to pay a fee or you have to know somebody. So so, so there there is a fee. So the total cost for the TV was like $1,440 after the taxes. And then you have, there's like a uh, processing fee, I think of like 14% or something like that. But, you know, depending on what they have and who wants, you know, who wants it when they get it, you can get TVs in there. Like my buddy bought an 8K 55 inch TV for like $410. Oh man, I'm going to um, have to put my bid in, man. Cause I am looking for a, a 40 inch uh, 4K as my game and television. I've got a, I've got an LED, um, but I just recently picked up a, a Xbox, not the not the Series X, but the Series S. 
because I don't need all that extra stuff right now. But I think I may I can already tell the difference in the gameplay a little bit, a little more, a little smoother. Resolution is a little bit better. The loading is faster. So I may just I may just bite the bullet and um, reach out and do some pricing for a, a 4K. Not like I said, not a 50 inch, not a 60 inch, anything crazy like that. Just like a little 40 inch go on this little desk over here, get my gaming on. So I may, I may have to put my bid in and just pay the extra money. Have you ship it to me? <laughs> now, be cheaper now, than me getting in Best Buy. <laughs> now, here is the caveat. Okay. So there, there is a caveat. It is as is. There is no warranty. There's no manufacturer warranty. There's nothing like that. Right. So we're in the warehouse. Once again, like I said, this isn't a store. It is right. a warehouse. There's nothing but concrete pillars and concrete floors and high ceilings and lights. That's it. There's nothing else in there. Um, so all the TVs are in a cage. Um, and I mean, and it's, it's a huge area of just nothing but televisions. They got them in this big giant case. It's probably half the size of Best Buy. So you got to go in there. They find your TV. You know, there'll be somebody in the warehouse that'll walk you over to the TV. So like, so when, when you go in before you even get to see the TV that you purchased, you pay for it. Um, then they'll walk you over to it. You have to pull it out the box, inspect it. Plug it in, make sure everything is working, box it back up and then walk out with it. Because if you walk out the door and that thing, um, you know, uh, has got an issue with it, you've paid for it. It's not their problem. All right. I mean, it um, makes sense. You know, they ain't trying to so, deal with all that. They just trying to offload stuff. So I get it. <laughs> so but yeah, I, you know, I could not believe the deal that I got on this TV. It was like, in, you know, normally they're not that great of a deal. But what it is, is that I think that um, they had a lot of them. So and this is what my boy was telling me, because he's like an expert in this. He's bought in the last year, probably six TVs off this site. He says that what you have to do is like the best day to get one is uh, when they have like six to ten or more of the same class TV. And that way you don't get people really bidding, you know, against each other. Cause you can figure out if you, you know, you, you'll see, you can see people's bidder numbers. So if the same person is bidding on the same three TVs, well, you know, they don't really want three. They just want one of them. So you kind of just, okay, I'm you bid on that one. I'm going to bid on this one. And then you don't, you know, keep bidding that one up because you can get into a bidding war on it and, you know, and pay, you know, close to retail price for it, which I would never do. Right. But um, like I said, man, the, the deal I got on this TV, it is sitting in Best Buy right now for $43.99. I got it for just under 14, just over, just under $1,500. So do some research, like man. Uh, Atlanta is a big distribution area y'all have uh, to have something well. like it um you know atlanta and columbus are similar it's you, you would think that atlanta is so much bigger than columbus but it isn't they're, they're actually roughly the same time is that you're just a real city that doesn't close down at nine o'clock um like <laughs> like they do here in columbus to where everything shuts down at nine but uh but yeah that was that was my toy to myself um that i was able to pick up All but, right. I, but um you know what uh so i didn't even say this at the beginning of the show but this is our last show of the year. I said it in our, uh, you know, you know, on our uh, on our live stream. This is our last show of the year. We're doing a little bit of a of a of a holiday episode, a Christmas episode. So we're changing things up. You can, you know, if anyone who watches us regularly, you probably notice that there's someone who's normally here who isn't sitting in the middle of us. Um, so, uh, you know, so Stephanie Humphrey uh, was not able to join us uh, for our last episode of 2021. But uh, you got you got Rob and Terrence going to hold it down and we should talk a little bit of tech because there was some huge news last week. And, it, and it's still big. Have, have you paid any attention at all to the log for J vulnerability that uh, was discovered about a month ago? But uh, it's just wreaking havoc on everything. Right. I now? heard a little bit about it, but hadn't read into it that much. Uh, like I said, when I'm off. Holiday season. It's a wrap for me. I stopped watching the news, <laughs> doing everything. I, <laughs> I started, you know, I was thinking, shit, I, you know, we, we, you know, we discussed last week. We're going to keep this week light. We're going to, you know, we, we got some, you know, some, some surprises we got for you at the end of the show. But, uh, this one was big. So basically, uh, log4j vulnerability, uh, you know, if, if I can just ex- explain what it is. So, um, it, you know, the log4j is a, um, a logging utility. Um, uh, that is put out by the Apache Software Foundation and it's freeware. Um, and it is used literally 
on everything. This thing runs on Windows based machines. It runs on Linux based machines. It runs on, it runs on Macs and is used to log. And it's a very, very good logging utility. And, um, I mean, I don't want to say most because I don't know if it's over 50% of the internet, but it's darn close to that uses this, uh, you know, uses this utility. And a researcher from actually, I think it was just a security person from the company Alibaba. They found a zero day exploit in this. And to explain what a zero day is, it's basically, you know, it's not something that somebody hacked. It's just the way the software is. And it has a vulnerability in it that is it's it's a massive vulnerability. It, it literally allows you with very, very little experience or knowledge about hacking stuff to send a string to this that then allows you to execute commands on whatever machine with elevator privileges. So what that means is if you have this running and it hasn't been patched yet, you could actually install some software that could run a crypto mining, um, you know, uh, you know, setup. You could use it to encrypt the server and do some ransomware type stuff. I mean, you literally anything you can think of that software can do that can run on that platform. This vulnerability allows that to happen. So it is being um, touted. And I don't think this is hyperbole that it actually might be the biggest vulnerability that we have yet seen. Um, I've seen multiple researchers who have said this might be the biggest one yet. So this was discovered back in November. I think it was November 24th by this employee at uh, Alibaba. And it kind of went under the radar until last week when everybody found out about it. And that was because uh, Microsoft's uh, what, what is that game? Uh, just forgot the name of the game that quick. Popular one. Halo. No. Um, Minecraft. Oh, yeah. Minecraft had a blog post that they put out where they explained what was happening to them because of this on their servers and what needed to happen. They had actually told you, you know, that they addressed it, that they fixed it with the patch, but that it was affecting them. So then security researchers said, okay, wait a minute, that runs almost on everything. Does this affect more than just Minecraft? And yes, it affects the internet. It affects everything. So you literally have right at the end of the year, companies doing a mad dash scramble to try to figure out how to get, these machines patched like when you're talking about like the federal government you know on down public utilities this uh this uh particular utility this log 4j uh utility is so pervasive that i mean you have public utilities that are using it the federal government is using it um banks are using it it is just it, it is a really really good piece of open you know um you know open uh Open source, source software right. that uh, that just logs everything, and essentially what it does is that you know you, you know you use it as an application developer so that you know what is going on in your application as your application is running. It it simply just logs everything. Well, that utility uh, has a vulnerability that allows your machines to be taken over. Right, so, and no word on if this is actually being exploited right now. According to the story, uh, Microsoft says. Uh, uh, hackers are basically scanning and kind of just poking and seeing which and who and what and where uh, can that that there's a window for them to access. And uh, like I said, in this story, Microsoft says Turkey, China, Iran, North Korea are also developing the means to take advantage of this flaw. So these hackers who are scanning and trying to see kind of like what companies are patching, what companies are not to see if they can find some holes so then they can exploit, uh, which is, again, like uh, Rob mentioned, most <laughs> of the Internet has this uh, or is using this log for J- um, this software in some shape, form or fashion. Smaller companies, these newer companies are probably quick to patch this stuff. Um, I, I don't know the numbers. I say most companies have probably jumped on this. If not patched already, they're already working on plans, but we're talking about the federal government. We're talking about yeah. some major big corporations that are slow to patch things because so many other systems are affected and they don't want to tear one thing up because they're trying to fix something else. So they've got these long processes, which may be long enough window for somebody to create 
a vulnerability and actually use this to do things like steal emails, destroy, uh, destroy information, install ransomware on, you know, even major network computers, if not personal computers. You were talking like big computers to where we've seen an uptick in companies successfully pulling off cyber warfare. And that's why, in my opinion, this is so important because if 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 it's true and you've got uh, countries, entire countries, Turkey, China, Iran, North Korea, this is the new warfare that's going to take Absolutely. over military, actual, you know, uh, instead of me sending troops, instead of me sending missiles, instead of me sending ships and submarines to, you know, interact with a an, an opposing country. Why don't we just take down part of your Internet? That'll do the same effect and it'll affect more people with less resources. And see, and see, here's the thing. Um, it wasn't put out in the news that this was an issue until, uh, you know, like I said, it was, you know, a security person at Alibaba on the 24th of last month. But this is this is a zero day exploit. Like I said, this is something that has existed in Log4j for years. I mean, 10, 15 years or more. So the problem that we now are wondering is that not about who's going to get hacked going forward. It's about who already has been. And you just didn't know. Was this was this a way that threat actors are actually getting into an organization and you just didn't know that that's how they got in because you didn't know that the software was actually vulnerable uh, you know, to this type of exploit. So um, it reminds me of that movie. Um, what's that movie with Halle Berry and Hugh Jackman? And he plays like a hacker and uh, John Travolta. Has to I know. Him the, uh, I, I know what you're talking about. And you know, he, he, John Travolta's like changing his face and all that kind of stuff in the movie. Yeah, the and about. John at the the climax of the movie to where uh, John Travolta has Holly Berry, you know, strung up, and he ha- he uses Holly Berry as a you know uh, uh, ploy to get Hugh Jackman to hack into something to do. I can't remember what he was trying to get him to do, and Hugh Jackman remembered that he had this old processor computer down in the basement of this school or something and said, all right, all right. So he fired that up, that spun up and then let him do what he had to do. This kind of reminds me of that to where people have already placed this uh, uh, scanner hacker software in this zero day attack thing. And it's just sitting there waiting. And then all the countries have to do is press the button and it spools up and then it exploits whatever it has to exploit, but (laughs) continue so so yeah so I hit you know we have a mutual buddy who is a security expert so I, I fired off a, a WhatsApp message to him earlier and uh, he didn't get to answer my question specifically because I wanted to say you know I, you know I don't want to be hyperbolic and stuff that I say about this about how bad it is but since I've fired that email off other top you know um, security experts have come and said that this is you know the biggest uh, security vulnerability that they have ever seen. And so I'm like, okay, well, what can you do to mitigate this? And essentially there, you got to get it patched, uh, which is not a quick thing to do for, you you know, it's, it's one thing when you have a laptop or you have a laptop and a desktop, and then maybe your kids got Chromebooks. Okay. Well, you got to go patch three things. But when you are a massive company that you may have this, you may not even know where exactly you have this thing deployed. That's not an excuse, but it's, it's, it's reality. You may not know all the servers that Log4j is running on right off the, you know, you, you may not have a document that shows you that. So just to get to the point logistically to where you can patch it could take you, you know, days or weeks to get it done. Um, you know, at the same time, the company Kronos actually has a ransomware attack they are actively going through uh, right now. This has been going on since last week, and it's so bad for them. Now, I, I don't want to tie the two things together. We don't know. Kronos has not said that it's Log4j that has actually allowed somebody to put ransomware in their system and get them locked down. But, you know, this is such a problem for this company. For those who don't know what Kronos is, basically your HR software, timekeeping, all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. payroll you know, things that get your check on the first and the 15th or every other Friday or however it is you get paid. This is what this company does. It is so bad for them that they have actually said, you might need to go find somebody else to service you right fast. I mean, think about that for a minute. Have you ever heard in your life target telling you to go to Walmart to get something? 
um, you know, he's like, Hey, we, we can't handle this right now. Why don't you run over to, uh, you know, to Walmart real quick. Uh, I know that there is a Christmas movie that, uh, the Santa Claus that was doing that was, was telling people to go, you know, I, I know that that is, you know, a really good altruistic feeling, but now nah, you don't generally have companies telling you to go to their competition. Um, you know, when they actually have things that can solve your business critical issue, except for when maybe they've got ransomware and it's going to be a matter of weeks before things get, you know, get sorted out. Right. So, like I said, once again, I don't want to tie the two stories together because they have not come out and said that it was Log4j that allowed the ransomware um, threat actors to get into their environment and mess them up in the first place. I guess they're still trying to figure that stuff out. But uh, yeah, this this is a big deal. And as I said, it's not just because of what, you know, of what hackers are far, what they know folks are trying to do is, uh, you know, crypto miners are trying to install this stuff uh, so they can mine crypto on your machine and run your power bill up and run your electric bill up without actually doing it themselves. And they just reap the rewards from it. But we already know, like I said, Microsoft has, you know, has come out and said, and, and this is a ever evolving story that oh, you've got countries who are looking at this now. Countries may have been looking at it before. You never know. Um, you know, Iran is really good at this. China is really good at this. Russia is really, really good at this. So they may have already been, you know, using this as an exploit. But uh, what, what gets me, because I actually did go and look into it, it is really easy to, uh, you know, to exploit. Now, you you and I are both, you know, are, are both technical people. It would have been, you know, even even difficult hacks if we had the instructions, we would figure it out. But, you know, not, not not putting anything out there that's not out there. This takes zero knowledge to basically take over a production server. Um, you have to know how to use a computer and you have to know how to copy and paste code. And if you can do those two things, you literally could hack a bank right now. That 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 is how bad this thing is and how easy it is to exploit and just how pervasive it is. Like, to, you know, um, the well, biggest hack ever. To, say, which leads, leads me to believe that. You know, again, I don't have the numbers. I'm pretty sure a lot of companies have already patched it, if not already devised a plan to patch it because it's that simple. Uh, but again, like I mentioned, you know, everybody is not as small or not quick enough or nimble, nimble enough to turn on a dime. Add that into the fact that you mentioned at the top of the show, uh, people are on break, people are on vacation. Last thing they want to do is, you know, get back here and try to fix a patch. Some people may be out of the country on holiday, on vacation, you know, so you add all that up, that leaves a nice little window for anybody who is knowledgeable and has the uh, drive and the objective to do it. This may be a little bit easier to do if you can get on it right now and get in fast enough. Yeah, this is going to be one that uh, security researchers saying we'll, we'll be talking about this, not in the week's or even the months, but we'll be talking about this for years because a very real thing that could happen is that, you know, you know, a, you know, a professional hacker, a country could have exploited this, put some software on your machine to make it look like something else. You're running your security scans. You don't even know that they've actually infiltrated a production machine. And then they're not trying to hack it today. They're not trying to hack it tomorrow. They're they're waiting until the news dies down. And then they're trying to do a little thing here, a little thing there. Can we, can we get into this water supply system? Can we get, you know, can we get into this electrical grid? Can we, can we do these things? They're just testing to see what they can do with this, <laughs> with this, uh, you know, this embarrassment of riches that this thing is. And once again, like, a, you know, the uh, it's open source. Everyone who works on this, they are volunteers. Nobody got paid to create this. Um, and a lot of folks are giving them heat. It's like, no, this is, you know, this is a thing that that's happens. The, that's it's the just, drawback to using open source software. I mean, I mean, they know it. I, I don't know because this could have been Oracle and it could have been just as, uh, you know, you know, you know, something that is just as, uh, you know, pervasive, uh, you know, as this. But then you, you can at least you can blame a company and, and go after the company. You can't go after open source in the sense that, you know, you know they didn't create it. Yeah, it's a community. It's, I mean, these are people who are just, oh, this would be really cool if we could do this kind of thing. And I mean, and they pen test, they, they do all these things. I mean, it, it took years. It took over a decade for them to figure out that this was an issue. Um, so like I said, you know, want to keep this, this particular episode light. So I'm going to go ahead and end it on, you know, on this point, but yeah, this is, this is a big one and we will be hearing it 
um, you know, for some time to come. And there's, there's really nothing that we as listeners, uh, you know, you know, and just, you know, lay people or just regular people who are, you know, end users can do to fix this. This is all sysadmin stuff that has to happen. Um, what it can do though, is that there can be things that are on these servers that are running log4j. They can talk to your machine and then maybe find some exploits on, on your machine. So like I said, this is, this is a big one. We'll be talking about it for months, if not years to come. So, uh, like I said, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how we address what we now think is the biggest vulnerability that we've ever seen. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So with all of that being said about Log4j, um, this one, this story you put in here, uh, Jordan is doing stuff with NFTs? Uh yeah, obviously. Um obviously uh the metaverse and when I say Jordan, I do mean Michael Jordan, right? The greatest basketball right. player of all time. Um I don't get it. I don't hundred percent get the metaverse yet. I know a lot of companies are trying to get in early. You know, Nike has a uh metaverse uh thing to where you can tour their uh headquarters. You've got um artists selling NFTs of their um, artwork digitally. You know, you've got these bored ape uh, uh, yacht club groups selling pictures of monkeys for thousands and if not hundreds of thousands of dollars. It sounds like every this is the new gold rush. So everybody's trying to stake a claim early um before this thing takes off nobody knows exactly what it's going to look like but everybody knows or everybody has uh, assumed for the most part that this is the future the metaverse digital products digital goods digital services built on this decentralized blockchain technology so i guess michael jordan has decided he's going to stake his claim early and he's launching a new platform called air not air not Nike Air, you think of Air, H-E-I-R, in 2022. Um, they've already received over $10 million in funding. And him, along with his son, I think his son is going to be the main yeah. person running this. And they're going to go after NBA, WNBA players. And what I thought was interesting, especially as a result of all the dust that was kicked up recently with the number one recruit, recruit uh, deciding to decommit to go from Florida State to actually go to Jackson State, where Deion Sanders is the coach. Uh, there was some rumblings around that, that the fact that Mississippi has a name, image, and likeness uh, rule on the board where college players can make money off of their name, their image, and likeness. So word on the street was that's one of the reasons why um, he, de- the, I can't think of the guy's name. Hunter, I think is his name. Um, that's the reason why he left. He decommit, de- committed to Florida state. He had a verbal commitment, dropped that, went to Jackson state, right? Um, this company that's founded by Michael Jordan will go after NCAA players who want to profit off of their name, image, and likeness by giving the ability for customers, you know, fans, to sell, I guess, seats. I don't know what those are called, uh, but they will give fans access to NFTs and other digital assets built on this Solana blockchain network. Users will also be able to join Athletes Huddle. These are some words that they're using, which will offer perks 
including exclusive drops and immersive experiences. Of course, just like a sneaker drop, you just won't be able to get it whenever. This will be, you know, you got to be on it in on it early. You got to line up. You got to make sure you got those internet Twitter fingers ready to where um, there only be a number of spots available uh, up to like 1% of their social following, something like that. Anyone will, anyone wanting to get uh, in on a once, once in a huddle is uh, filled, then I'll have to purchase a spot from another user. So think of resellers. It's almost like a sneaker game, but just switched over to NFTs to where instead of you buying sneakers, you're getting access to players. You're getting access to exclusive things that, you know, either the players sign or they give away or they give you access to like, you know, you get the inside scoop on a board meeting. Like if you're like Kevin Durant, you know, you get inside a production meeting on some of his properties, things of that nature. And real quick, um, on initial sales of NSTs, athletes will receive 80% of the profit while air will take 20%. And then any subsequent sales of NSTs will be a 50-50 split. Uh, Lonzo Ball has joined it. Um, of course, uh, J- uh, Jeffrey Jordan's son serving as a strategic advisor and property and, and, and partner. You know, they've pretty much, you know, reached out to some high-end investors and ball players. So I guess I just want to get your opinion so, on, do you think something like this will take off? Um, um, of course, Michael Jordan being behind it, that may add some cachet to it. But So, it's so too- here's what I think. Go ahead. You have Michael Jordan behind it. So that's thing number one uh-huh. um, that I take. So you're getting arguably still, you, you know, Michael Jordan is still one of the most recognizable sports people um, that has ever existed. So, uh-huh. so you have that. But then I read. 10.6 million has been invested into this. How right. did, how did Simi say it to Hakeem? Don't take my pocket change to, you know, 10.6 million is a lot of money, but to Michael Jordan, that's not a lot of money. This well, is literally pocket change for him. And that's what has been invested into this. So where, where I think this, you know what? NFTs are hot right now. Let's, let's get some money. Let's get some investors. I'll put my name with it. Uh, you know, son, you run it. Um, and let's just see where this thing goes. Because for me, when it comes to an NFT, I understand what an NFT is. I understand even in this instance, how NFTs work. But, you know, a point that I'm taking away from this is that they are creating artificial scarcity. You know, when it comes to, uh, you know, an actual new pair of Jordans dropping, they can create physical scarcity by only creating so many pairs of shoes. But these are digital assets that theoretically can be copied you know, um, you know, you know, in, until infinity um, without losing any fidelity or resolution. So they're creating fake uh, scarcity by, well, we're only going to do 0.5 to 1% of whatever athletes social media follow. Okay. Well, that, that's just a number you just picked. What, right. You know, you could change that number, whatever you want to, you know, to suit you. So I get it. Uh-huh. I, like I said, understand how this is going to work. But I just think that I need to see I need to see this stuff uh, actually, right. you know, in, in, in the you know, in, 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 I need it to be a little bit more tangible than what it is right now, because I just don't understand why would I be willing to spend money on this? Right. Uh, and, com- and comparatively speaking, you know, I'm pretty sure they said the same thing about, you know, Apple and well, n- not in the fact that Apple didn't have a tangible asset and people said, I got to wait and see. But. Fast forward to 2021, Apple is almost, uh, if not already, a $3 trillion company. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people back then, uh, you, I'm pretty sure there's some people with egg on their face that said, uh, let me wait and see, right? Fast forward to now, the meta, we're at the ground floor of the metaverse and NFTs and digital assets and cryptocurrency and blockchain and all these things. And I think people who were either alive back then and made that mistake or people like us or, or not people like us, we're kind of in the middle, but the younger generation that have read the history and read how you could buy Apple stock for 18 cent or however much it was. And now if you would have put in a thousand dollars, you'd be oh, however many times over a millionaire. They're looking at this as like, all right, well, what I'm not about to do is miss out on this opportunity, whatever it looks like. So I think what people are like, again, that's number one. Uh, the other thing I want to say is I think what they're trying to do different with this 
is I don't think there will be any um um a digital NFT in the sort in the sense of like if I have a piece of artwork, I can make a I can make a digital artwork and then sell it as an NFT. I think this will be you are paying for access to something like access to um, the inside scoop on a day in the life of Kevin Durant or a day in the life of Stephen Curry. And you'll be able to pay for access to this. Let's call it a live stream. And he puts up this live stream and you get to sit in on him uh, with Stephen Curry, for example, as to how he's working with Under Armour to design the next shoe. You're not paying for a digital copy of the shoe. You're paying for access to sit in on a production meeting as they come up with the next shoe. That's what I'm thinking. I don't again. That's what I kind of read out of that. I don't know. Maybe that in and of itself answers the question of, well, you, you're not paying even though it's a digital asset. It's not it's not a one for one thing. I pay you whatever Ethereum or whatever it is. You give me this copy of something. Mm-hmm. No, I get access to whatever, you know, and maybe that's maybe that they're trying to use that to set themselves different than just paying for an NFT to where, like you said, can be copied without losing any sort of, you know, resolution or fidelity or whatever the case may be. That's just an assumption. I don't know. So, yeah, it's uh, like I said, um, I don't want to be that person. I'm just going to poo poo NFTs because I think these things are going to hit. And I look at, I look at Michael Jordan as an angel investor at this point. I'm going to sprinkle a little bit here. I'm going to sprinkle a little bit there. Right. And this is just a thing. Okay. It's got 10.6 million of somebody else's money. I'll put my name on it and let my son run it. And if it hits, I will make hundreds of millions of dollars, uh, you know, another way, just another strong. I have to do is give my name imaging likeness. (laughs) So, so I'm, I'm not hating on it. It's just, um, you know, this is just not my life. I, I am not so consumed with NBA players or NFL players or MLB players that I want to sit in on them having meetings coming up with other stuff. But that's just not my cup of tea. It may absolutely be somebody else's. And this is the thing, you know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. If you're willing to pay the money for it, who am I to tell you that it's not worth what it is? This is worth whatever somebody is willing to pay for it. And, um, you know, I absolutely believe that NFTs are going to be a thing. There's no question about that. I have a good friend of mine. Uh, his son is an artist and he, he has just, you know, minted his first, uh, M, you know, NFTs on some artwork that he's actually created. And, you know, and because he's, you know, he's a, you know, he's a friend. I go and I look at it. It was gone up in value. Not, not, it's not like he's about to sell this stuff for $60 million or anything like that, but no, he minted it and it is worth more now. Um, today than it was close to a month ago when he actually minted it. So it's like, okay, uh, like I said, once again, it's not for me to say that this thing is worth it or it's not. It's for the people who are actually putting value on it. And someone has placed value on his artwork to the point that it is actually worth more now than it was when he initially minted it about a month ago. So yeah, this is, is going to be interesting to watch. I don't know that this is the one that's going to hit, but like I said, $10.6 million of somebody else's money. All Jordan probably really had to do was, yeah, let my son run it. And here's my name. We'll see. Right. <laughs> we'll see. So folks, um, we probably are going to, I hope everyone is being safe with this Omicron variant um, that is uh, moving throughout the country right now, because it's like the numbers are going back, you know, back up. But if you are in proximity with family members, um, you know, some of the things you're going to want to do is make sure, particularly for the ones who aren't that tech savvy, you're going to want to make sure that uh, you, you got their tech in place. You, you have the opportunity to be with them. You want to make sure that you can get their stuff in order because it may have been a year or two since they've last had your tech expertise laid on it. So, Terrence, why don't you tell us about uh, the tech tax that you should be completing for your not so tech savvy family members. Well, I wanted to correct you on one thing. You said um, these are some of the tech tasks that you may want to do. Uh, some of y'all, myself included, ain't got no choice. When you go to your family's house, they have a list waiting of things they need you to do. Connect the printer, check lie. the Wi-Fi, change the Wi-Fi password. They may have their own list of things they need you to do. But if you know you're going to have to go over there and you know that you are the IT person and you know there's nobody else going to do it and there's nobody else going to do it correctly but you, 
you might as well come up with a list of your own tasks that are probably maybe more important, probably weigh a little bit more and probably can go a longer way to ensuring that your, you know, your mom or your aunt or your grandma or, you know, Pookie and them, you know, uh, if you know you're going to have to be that person, you know, I saw this list on the Washington Post and I thought I would uh, put it up there. Some 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 ideas to give you to, again, to where you know you're going to have to do this. So you might as well come armed with some ideas. So some of them that I thought I would just highlight, they listed like 15 or so. But I, I just want to kind of outline some of the ones that I know I do that I'm pretty sure that will probably be a good idea that you do as well. So probably first one that I agree with on their list is update all the software, especially if they've got phones, especially if they got tablets, especially if they're using their main computer as their do it all computer. You definitely want to make sure the software is updated, because, again, like we mentioned at the top of the show, um, uh, leaks, data breaches, hacks are becoming all too common. And one thing that I know for a fact that people who are not tech savvy or just not interested in technology, they do not do is they don't update the software. The little message comes down, they ignore it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. So that would be the main thing you want to do. Update the software. If it's Android, make sure they're on the right version of Android. If they're iOS, they're Apple. You want to make sure they're the right OS Windows, make sure they're on the right version for their computer. Of course, you know, you don't want to update something to where it doesn't work anymore, but you want to make sure that they are on the latest updates because that'll automatically give all those software patches, all of that stuff. And again, like I said, we just talked about a zero day exploit. So again, I'm pretty sure they ain't focused on (laughs) your mama's computer, but at the same time, you want to make sure that's updated because I'm pretty sure it was not updated the last time you came. And because of the (laughs) Unicron (laughs) variant, you know, and all this coronavirus has probably been since the last time you were there, which could have been a long time ago. Another important thing that's important is uh, two-factor authentication on stuff that makes sense. What you don't want to do is go over to your family's house and update everything and make it all confusing to where they don't want to use it at all. So, but at the very least, you do want to make sure they're covered as far as their bank accounts. So if they've got bank accounts that they're accessing all the time, if they've got important stuff, you want to turn on two-factor authentication for that to, to where not only do they need their password, but they also need something like a code that is sent via text message, or if they're text savvy enough or you want to like showing them how to use a authenticator app. You may not feel like going through all that when you just want to visit with friends and family. You may just want to set it up to where they get a text message when they log in after certain times the last where they have to enter that code. So that's a a thing to do. Another thing to do is set up a password system. Um, I'm pretty sure a lot of people, um, if they don't have it written down somewhere, like a perfect example, my mother, she has a notebook. That has all her passwords written down in this notebook. All somebody do is got to grab that no- that notebook, or they'll have access to all the passwords. Or you're that you're that person, or you you have that family member that has a Excel spreadsheet on their desktop, and the name of the file is passwords. <laughs> so yes, I'm pretty I, sure yeah. you know somebody like that. So you probably want to use a password manager like LastPass. Dash Lane, one password, um, in, built into Apple software. They have um, um, password via iCloud. A lot of these systems already have it built in. I think even Chrome has a password manager built in to where you can put their passwords in their browser anytime they go to a website. It automatically enter that password. And again, when you set up two factor authentication, if you haven't used it in a while, they log in. They'll have to enter that code. That verifies who they're in, who they are, and they are in. The last one I wanted to um, point out is setting up backups, because the last thing you want to do is their computer die, and they've got years and years and years of baby photos, marriage photos, reunion photos, and you don't have that saved somewhere other than their computer. So the last thing I would suggest is go get a hard drive, go get external hard drive. What, not maybe even fifty bucks for like two terabytes nowadays, set that that on the backup. For for that small, not even that probably. Right, right. Back up their computer. You know, there are some apps to where you can back up their phone. 
you know, to an external hard drive, take the time, go ahead and back up their stuff because it'll be much easier to where their computer crashed and they call you, plug in the external hard drive, do this and do that versus trying to figure out all these ways to restore their information. So again, there was like 15 or so things that they suggested, but those would be the top ones that I would suggest from a safety standpoint. Yeah, it's it's good stuff to do. We all have family members like this. And there's there's three levels of family member that I am generally going to worry about. Um, or actually two of the three I'll worry about. There's the Luddite. I have some Luddites in my family. Those are people who they're not just tech illiterate. They are anti-technology. I'm not going to ever use a uh, online banking system. Okay, cool. I ain't got to make sure you, you know, what you don't use is safe. So for the, you know, they, I got an uncle or a cousin, they just refuse to do anything. No, I'd rather drive to Kroger to pay my bills and actually do it online because some, you know, some companies now they don't do where you, they charge you more to mail them a bill as compared to doing it online. I'd, ra- I'd rather go to Kroger and do it or r- rather go to Walmart and do it. Okay. I'm not going to worry about you. Then you've got the ridiculously tech illiterate. Um, and I have a few in, you know, in, in that I have learned that, uh, what is a Chrome remote desktop is my friend. Sometimes instead of trying to explain something, just go and do it. Hopefully they haven't jacked up whatever it is they're on to the point to where you can't run that <laughs> because that has actually happened in some cases. But, uh, you know, that, that is a tool that I will use a lot. And then you've just got what I would call just regular folks. They're just users of the technology. They, they're not geeking out on it, like to the level that we will. Um, and you just need to make sure, Hey, update this. Uh, don't ignore that. Like my daughter, I'll prime example. She will ignore updates. It's like, why did you just, you know, I'll be watching her or she, you know, she's like, Hey dad, you know, watch this. I can't do something. It's like, well, yeah, maybe because you keep clicking the X on it as compared to reading what it says and updating so that this thing that you're trying to do, you could actually do. So that's not a uncommon thing. People are just, you know, when they're not into it, like we are, they don't necessarily pay attention to this. So this was, you know, it was a good list. I was glad you stuck it, uh, you know, in the uh, in, in our rundown. Yeah, so, because I don't I haven't traveled. I haven't uh, visited my family in almost two years now. Um, but I know <laughs> when I go, somebody's going to ask me, hey, uh, while you're here and then here come the list. So you might as well just go ahead and go have some ammunition. You get there, have a list and say, hey, mom or hey, whoever. Uh, let me take a look at your computer and just run down this list and do X, Y, and Z. And then you'd be done with it. <laughs> so for the last thing that we're going to talk about before we break for the holiday, we're going to be off. Uh, you know, this is our last show this year. So I don't think we're going to come back until what the 10th of January is when we'll actually be back with regular live shows. We, we will still have stuff on the air. We're just not going to be doing it live like we are tonight. But we wanted to because, you know, if, if any of any of our listeners are like us, there's probably some last minute shopping that you're trying to get done. We're recording this on Monday evening. This will be you know, you're probably listening to this on Tuesday afternoon. There's probably still some stuff that you, you want to get or, or, or need to get. And, you know, we're tech folks. We like tech. So we have just, you know, Terrence and I just put together a little list of some last minute type tech things that you probably can still grab off of Amazon or get off of BestBuy.com and still get that joint delivered to you before, uh, you know, before Saturday, you know, before the big holiday. So, uh, Terrence, I'm going to let you go ahead and go first because you stole mine. It's like I saw you drop this in our rundown right as I was about to drop the same thing in there. But I want to let you go ahead and tell us since you got it first. Right. So um, what I try to do, especially for people who are tech savvy, like myself, that pretty much if they can think of it, they probably already bought it for themselves. So people like me are pretty hard to shop for because, you know, you probably already got it. So what Mm -hmm. I like to do is for um, Christmas gift ideas is to offer up accessories for those things that, you know, they probably already bought. So that's why I put this one in. This is it's a uh, it's a power bank. So you think of the little extended batteries that you can charge up, uh, you know, overnight. And then when you you know you're going to be out for a long day, or you know you're going to be away from a charger for a considerable amount of time. It's like those little power banks that you can plug your iPhone and your iPad in. But the cool thing about this one is it's it's the name of it is an Anchor Power Core Fusion. A 10,000 milliamp battery, but it's also a 20 watt USB-C charger 
and just a regular USB USB A charger. So let me break all that down for you. It looks like a big power dock that you can plug into the wall and then you can plug a USB-C connection like your iPhone. You can also plug a USB-A charger for like your iPad or like your uh, AirPods or earbuds. You know, you can charge those two things at one time. What you can also do, unplug it from the wall, put it in your bag, put it in your purse. And then if you know, you notice on your phone, you're running low on power, you can plug that in without plugging it into the wall. You can plug your phone, you plug your iPad into this and it'll give you that extra juice you need. Uh, This is 50 bucks. But again, you can use this for multiple devices, iPhone, iPad, earbuds. You know, if you've got any sort of small accessories that, you know, you can charge up anything short of a laptop, you can plug into this and either plug it and charge two things at once while it's plugged into the wall, or you can plug it and get that extra charge while you're away from an outlet. So that's my top, my, my stocking stuffer uh, gift idea. So I'm, I'm going to stick with the charge your stuff up um, because I know uh, during the holidays, this is the first year, uh, not the first year, but this is the first big year when almost everything new as far as phones are concerned do not come with a power brick. Right. Uh, they, they just don't. Um, and we're not talking about just the highest in iPhones and the highest in Samsung devices. It's pretty much the middle of the range, even to the high, low end range devices are no longer coming with things to charge those phones up with, even though they're charging you the same amount. So just, you know, just continue on with uh, these uh, last minute tech stocking stuffers, because if you've got a new phone for somebody and they don't have a charger currently, you're going to need to get them one. Um, Anchor has a USB 20 watt charger. It is similar to what Terrence just talked about, but it is not a battery. This is literally just a little power brick that you plug a usb cord into uh that with lightning if you want to plug it into an iphone or usb-c if you want to plug it into an android device and it just charges your device up but it is 20 watts so it's fast charging and then also this is the thing that um i i don't have a memory of ever tearing up a usb cable um but it seems like that's a problem for a lot of people to where they just spray them and they just tear especially them up the, the iphone the, the the ones that come in the box with apple chargers those things split easy 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 right so i am all about the braided power cables uh you know the usb-c cables and it doesn't matter if you're an iphone user you get a usb-c to uh, lightning if you're an android user you get a usb-c to c but get a braided one it's going to cost you four or five dollars more but I think we'll probably last for at least a couple of years. I like you're right. It is iPhones. I've seen my daughters with their iPhones. It's like, hey, I need to get a new charger. It's like, you just got one like three months ago. Now, number one, they're buying the cheapest $5 one that they can get. So it's going to literally break no sooner than they take it out of the packaging. But it's just like, it's just over and over and over again. So yeah, if you would have spent like $13, $14, $15, got a braided one one time, it would have lasted two or three years as compared to every three months, you've got to go buy a new cord. So those are my um, stocking stuffer uh, tech picks, uh, you know, for this year, the uh, anchor USB uh, C 20 watt charger and then um, a braided USB C or, you know, um, USB C to lightning cord. So you can charge your new joint up with. Yeah. And uh, if I'm correct, all these are Amazon links. So if you are Amazon savvy like that, if you order them now or as soon as you hear this, probably can still get them before Christmas. Yeah, it's like uh, like we're getting close. So hopefully you're going to be listening to this on Tuesday, Wednesday during the early day at the latest because it's getting close. But but yeah, these these things that are generally these are like they're uh, on Amazon. They're some of their uh, preferred uh, or spotlight type stuff. So that means it's sitting in a warehouse near you if you actually see the spotlight on it. Uh, or Amazon Choice is what I think they call it. So you can probably get that within a day if you are close to an Amazon warehouse. So for those of you that don't know, we do have a website, thetechjohn.com. Um, head over there. These links will be on the website. So if you're uh, if you're interested in getting any of the tech that we just talked about, uh, that's where you go. Uh, click on the link and it'll take you right to the Amazon page. And 
Terrence, I'm looking at the clock. We are we kind of long. Of of hour. We, we, yeah, we actually went longer than we thought with just the two of us. We thought it was going to be a short show, but no, we uh, we definitely like to talk about uh, tech, and that's what we did today. But before we, uh, you know, before we wrap our show up, we always have to talk about uh, our patrons and Patreon. Um, we did not have any new patrons uh, join us this week, but we did have um, one of our patrons that gave us a raise. So I want to give a shout out to Kim White, who gave us a raise because they wanted to make sure that they could listen to the tech John without any ads in it. So if you also are interested in not having ads in your feed, you want to head over to patreon.com forward slash the tech John, and you can sign up to one of uh, our several tiers over there and get the opportunity to do things like listen to an ad free stream, as well as watch our live shows, like watch the live recording of the show. Like, uh, like those who are doing that today with us. So with that, my friend, uh, Mr. Gaines, why don't you tell folks how they can get to you? Sure. You can find me everywhere on the internet. And when I mean everywhere, I mean, pretty much just Instagram and Twitter. I'm trying to get away from Facebook. I understand Instagram is part of Facebook, but uh, do, look, just give me that. Right. <laughs> but if you want to look me everywhere and you can go to my website, uh, everything is brother tech, B R O T H A T E C H. And I am at Rob Dunwood on all the things. So you can come check me out there. And once again, come check us out on thetechjohn.com and check us out at the Tech John um, on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Yeah, man. And support the show, man. Support, support black creators, man. Show us some love. Show us some love. And we just want to tell everyone to have a happy, happy Happy holidays. And I want to say specifically, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Um, Which is my birthday. So, uh, oh, yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, you're chilling uh, out a little bit. First day of the year. Yeah, yeah. We used to do some crazy stuff for uh, New Year's, get dressed up, go out. But this year with that Omnicrom, that Amarion will be chilling at the crib. (laughs) So, I'll just ask you this real quick. Um, Are you like my grandfather whose birthday is on Christmas to where he gets Merry Birthday presents? No, no. Okay. Um, but I am getting tired of any time I'm anywhere and they, you know, ask for my birth date and I tell them birthday. Oh, New Year's baby. Ah, ha, ha. Were you the first person <laughs> born in your hospital? It's like, oh, just take my get me out of here. I just <laughs> don't this conversation. I do get that. Right. Yeah, I have a friend who's born on leap year. So technically she is like seven. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's this it's the same thing. It's mm. the same thing every year. It's like you just like no, I'm 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 actually in my you know, my late twenties. I'm I'm not seven. <laughs> she <laughs> so, likes that. But anyway, um we just want all of our listeners to have a very, very Merry Christmas and a happy new year. And we will catch y'all at the beginning of next side. year. Peace. Peace. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.